41 minutes into where we were supposed to start recording, shall we actually for real start? Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Jedi Master Class. I am your Jedi Master and one of the hosts, Ben. And I'm Miranda, the Padawan. Today, we are going to be taking a look at the first half of The Rise of Skywalker. So we're going to be starting the beginning of the the end, I guess, of it's the beginning the, of the end. <laughs> and then we're going to kind of jump back and we'll start. I think I decided that we're going to start with the Clone Wars. I still need to do a little bit of research on how how I want to go about like the order that we're going to record that. But I think our next step will be the Clone Wars, which, as everyone that has listened in the past knows, <laughs> I am very excited for. It's going to be Ben's favorite part. Ben's favorite part has come and gone. <laughs> It'll be Ben's second favorite part. That's right. Did you find any Star Wars news? Not really. The uh, the only thing that I think we've kind of forgot to talk about a little while ago was that Lucasfilm partnered with Studio... I'm going to butcher this. Uh, it's either Studio Ghibli or Ghibli. <laughs> I'm 97% sure it's Ghibli. I think you're right. Uh, anyways, they Lucasfilm has partnered with them. And they're making, I think it's already come out, they made a little anime short uh, that is centered around Grogu. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about Grogu right now. Well, we haven't watched (laughs) The Mandalorian yet, so that's fair. But anyways, Miranda, are you so excited to get into this movie? I'm so excited to be done with the movies. Wait, before we move on to the movies, our own personal news is that when this comes out, we will have officially passed our one-year mark. Yay! Yay! We've existed for a year. Thanks to everyone who is listening and is supporting us, and please keep supporting us. (laughs) Yeah, we we really appreciate you guys. We're hoping for, for another year. We don't, we don't plan on going anywhere. Let's put, it, let's put it that way. As long as there's Star Wars content to talk about, we'll be here to talk about it. Okay, now we can talk about the movie. All Get right. On with the show. Last episode, we wrapped up with The Last Jedi. We saw the last little fragments of the Resistance running all over the galaxy and trying to escape the First Order. The First Order seems unbeatable at this point snoke has died and kylo has become the supreme leader yes kylo has become the new supreme leader and kind of continuing on with galaxy-wide domination so uh this movie opens up with our opening crawl talking about how the dead are speaking the galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast that was in the sinister voice of the late emperor palpatine our wonderful princess uh, and general leia has dispatched secret agents to gather intel on the return of Palpatine while Rey is training to battle the First Order as she's the last hope of the Jedi. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren is in search of our Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to his power. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Question. Answer. About this mysterious broadcast, Christopher said that this only happened in Fortnite. Correct. Does that mean that Fortnite is canon now? Um. (laughs) No. Yes. (laughs) Kinda. From what I understand, J.J. Abrams had a little extra, not a little, but had extra footage that didn't really have a home in the movie because... The movie was already a little long, not mm-hmm. super long. We're, we're getting close to two and a half hours 
uh, for the movie. So he probably just used that for a crossover to get people excited about the movie. Because mm-hmm. at the time, Fortnite was a Hoppin'. massive game and everyone was playing it. It's still a pretty large game from my understanding, but I don't think it's as big as it was. Yeah. But if you wanna if you wanna look at it in the Fortnite is canon in Star Wars, uh, then we can start making a fun little web where <laughs> if Fortnite is canon in Star Wars, that means Marvel is canon in Star Wars because Fortnite is canon in Marvel. <laughs> what a mess! Because we see characters in what I don't remember which which Marvel movie it was. It was. It was either Endgame or uh, what was the other one that was like that same time, like part one and part two, like Endgame was part one. I thought Endgame was, was the last one. I feel well, like. Well, we're not a... a Marvel podcast, so. <laughs> Anyways, um, Korg is seen playing Fortnite when Thor is fat and drunk and they have to go find him mm. and then that's when thor like takes the microphone and yells at the kid in the microphone because the kid is bullying korg <laughs> so if you want to if you want to say marvel i mean fortnite is canon in star wars then marvel is also canon in star wars and it's just a big big mess good yeah okay i think he- I think it was Infinity War that it was in, not Endgame. I don't remember. I remember things that happened, but I don't remember like when or in what movies. Yeah, it's not important. <laughs> like you said, we are not a Marvel podcast. We're a Star Wars podcast. And we're here <laughs> to talk about the galaxy's favorite Star Wars movie. Anyways, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Starting off this movie... Palpatine is back, as we have been saying. And we're greeted with Kylo Ren, and he's just taking dudes out. I have no idea who these dudes are, but he's taking them out. Yep. He goes over to this box where he opens it. And speaking of Marvel, he pulls out a triangle tesseract looking thing and jets off into space. He heads off to this giant building in like this raging ocean and there's lightning going on. And I believe that I have seen this building before in Obi-Wan. Okay. It looked super familiar. Am I correct? Am I wrong? Do you know? Uh, it is not the same building. Sad. But it does look similar, doesn't it? <laughs> it does look similar. So Kylo Ren goes into this building, Rock City Place. Not really sure what it is. But he goes in and Palpatine's there. Palpatine's like a zombie now, and he's attached to machines. Yep, he's a little gross man. It's a wild situation. Uh, We hear Palpatine, he's telling Kylo Ren, you know, like he did with Anakin, just being like, I can give you everything, I can make you stronger. But I think it's interesting, well, I would like to note that Palpatine does this with, like, different Sith voices. So you hear... Darth Vader's voice, you hear his voice. I don't know if you hear anybody else's voices, but you you hear a couple of voices. Basically, any voice that Kylo hears in his head throughout the movies that we've watched, other than Ray's, you hear in this scene. So you get Snoke's voice, you get Vader's voice, you get Is that it? I feel like there's a third voice. I know that you definitely hear Vader's voice. Yeah, it's a very cool transition because it's all the same sentence, right? Yeah. And it it just like flows between all of the voices very, very well. Mm -hmm. I thought that they did a good job. Like it didn't feel like it was like this person talks and then this person talks and then this person talks. It was very much like all of these voices are kind of one voice that Palpatine is controlling. Yeah, but I wanted to note it because we do have a mirrored scene that happens that we'll talk about in the next episode. So this is like a thing. Anyways, zombie Palpatine tells Kylo that Rey is not who Kylo thinks he is, or she is. And Palpatine tells Kylo who Rey is, but we don't get to hear right now. Yeah. So that's our that's our introduction to the movie. Yeah, we also in this scene get 
Snoke in a jar. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I remember seeing like a giant lab looking situation, but I only remember seeing Palp hooked up to the Palp <laughs> Palpatine hooked up to the like machine with his white eyes and his like yeah. tree bark hands. Well, Papa Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right before we see him as Kylo is walking through this lab, there's a, there's like a big container that just has like several Snokes kind of like floating in it. Snokes or Palpatine? Snoke. Like you see Snoke floating Weird. in this like, Is he in half? No, there's like multiple like heads. Like you see like several like torsos with like heads attached. So Snoke's not a real person. He's just like a lab experiment. Um, you can infer that from what I've said. I don't know. <laughs> it's um. How weird. I'll be honest, I have not cared enough about this time period to, <laughs> to do any uh, research. To do any extra like nothing. Like I haven't done anything that is <laughs> extra in this timeline. Like this time that period. Is okay. Time. I'm sure we will touch these movies and then never or in a long time from now we will might come back to this area i will i will say this i do hope for more in this time period focused around characters like finn that kind of expand on their characters and i basically want characters in this trilogy to get the same treatment that anakin got from the clone wars ah yeah where anakin if you only watch episodes one two and three is kind of a lame character, and it doesn't make a whole lot of... Like, his fall to the dark side doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and it all feels very rushed. Mm -hmm. I want something along those lines for this trilogy. I do feel like they were hinting at some stuff for side characters that I was like, and we're never going to talk about that again. Yeah, well, I'll definitely uh, bring some of the stuff up that I want to kind of see expounded on as we get to those points throughout yeah. the movie. Okay, so on the Millennium Falcon, we've got half of our gang or a portion of our gang. We've got Finn, Chewie, Poe, and some random aliens that are helping them fix the Millennium Falcon. And they're flying through this ice planet and getting chased um, by the First Order, but they get some important information that they send off to Leia. So Rey, she's not with them. She's on another planet. Do we know the name of this planet? No. Okay. She's on a green planet and she's training with Leia. I have decided that Rey is stronger than... I can't think of a Y name, so I'll just... Yoda. And uh, that makes me happy. <laughs> I decided she's stronger than him and she's better. And uh, she the is the strongest thing. Jedi in my head now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we are progressing through this by leaps and bounds. I'm not saying she's my favorite. Like, Padme is still is the queen of my heart, but <laughs> I think that if Yoda and um, Ray went up against each other, I think Ray could take Yoda. <laughs> you were going to piss off so many people. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, that's my opinion. <laughs> take it as such. <laughs> oh. Okay, so Ray is training with Leia. She goes through basically the same kind of training montage that Luke got, went through, but out in the woods and like running around and flipping and all that stuff. Yeah, instead of like a swamp, we get um, a pretty forest. Yeah, pretty forest with lush trees and shrubbery. And while Ray's getting chased around by the little like floating ball that shoots lasers, her and Kylo have one of those mind moments again. And she can see they're kind of mixing their memories together. Yeah, we see we see memories kind of blending together and you see their emotions kind of sleeping into each other and swapping almost mm -hmm. where Kylo is standing over this helmet of Vader. And looks very at peace and calm. Whereas Rey is now 
who who was just running this course and was doing fine, all of a sudden is very angry and is swinging wildly at this droid that has now shot her three or four times. And she's cutting down trees and is starting to look a lot more like Kylo than Rey. And Mm -hmm. Kylo is starting to look a lot more like Rey than Kylo. Yeah, and then I believe there's the, like, memory where um, it's Kylo killing Han. Uh Uh-huh. She sees that he's, like, still guilty or still feels, like, upset about that or angry about that situation. Right. Um, And she, like, notes that. So it's later in the day. Poe and Finn show up back up and... Poe and Rey are arguing about, like, who destroyed whose object the worst. She's like, my, the Millennium Falcon. And he's like, BB-8. Yeah, Rey's like, it's on fire. And he's like, my droid might as well be on fire. Like, <laughs> look at him. Yeah, they're like, everybody keeps telling on each other about what happened. So they get more and more angry. Yeah. Um, but this is when, well, Poe and Finn are like, we had a message from, for Leia and... Ray already kind of knows what the message was about. But randomly, Poe gets mad at Ray for staying and training instead of being out in space with them on missions, which I felt was like made up tension to put some kind of tension between Poe and Ray. Uh-huh. I think being upset that she's training and not on missions is dumb, but okay. The message that Poe and Finn got was from a secret spy who was with the First Order, and that spy told them that Palpatine is back, that um, Palpatine has built what's called the Final Order, which is the largest fleet they've ever known. And they learn about the planet Exegol, which is a secret Sith planet that nobody knows where it's at. But luckily, Rey has some of like Luke's journals, which I don't know where she got those from. I guess just like in his hut. And uh, Luke apparently was trying to find Exegol and he figured out about the Wayfinders, which is the triangle thing that Kylo had at the beginning of the movie. And these things help Siths find Exegol. Um, So Rey decides that she is off to go find Exegol and take out Palpatine and Kylo Ren and... Poe and Finn decide that they're going with her. Yeah, they keep trying to, like, they come up and they're like, hey, we're coming with you. And she's like, no, you can't come with me. It's too dangerous. And they're like, yeah, we're coming with you. Yeah, she's like, I'm going alone. And Finn's like, yeah, alone with us. Alone with friends. And she's like, (laughs) no, that's not how this works. And he's like, well, it's going to work that way or you're not going. We get, like, a small little scene of Rose and they really were like, Rose has been friend zoned. <laughs> In the last movie, Rose basically told Finn that she loved him and then kissed him. And in this movie, he's like, this is your last chance. Are you coming with us? And she's like, no, I got to stay here. And then he like pats her on the shoulder and it's like, all right, buddy. <laughs> see you later, pal. And then we don't see her again until the end of the movie because she wasn't an important character. Yeah, Rose definitely gets sidelined in this movie. And I'm curious if it was because the writers wrote her out of the story because she was so disliked in the last one, or Mm -hmm. if the actress was like, hey, I don't want to participate in this because I am getting harassed so badly. Yeah. Please don't make me be important, which is kind of a bummer yeah for her at least i wish that she just hadn't been in the movie the character oof (laughs) there you go anyways kylo apparently has a gang now and they're called the knights of ren and they're now following him around doing his bidding he's in a meeting with his generals and he tells them that he knows there's a spy in his ranks in this meeting we meet this new guy Well, I don't know if he's new. We might have seen him before and I just don't remember. But his name is like something General Pride. And I know nobody else will care. But uh, Richard E. Grant, who is General Pride, um, he's really famous. But I only know him from The Little Vampire. And if you know that movie, um, he's the daddy vampire in it. And that's all I could see throughout this movie was the daddy vampire running around Star Wars. Anyways... (laughs) He doesn't get along with Hux, and they're both kind of, like, trying to be Kylo Ren's buddy. At least that's how it felt to me. 
Yeah, they're both trying to be, like, in charge. And Kylo's right-hand man. Is he, like, higher than Hux? Or are they the same? Um, I think he's higher than Hux. Which doesn't make any sense because he's a brand new character. And yeah. Hux and has Hux been... was, like, right... He Hux was, like, Snoke's right-hand man. Like, Snoke's buddies were Hux and Kylo Ren. And now there's someone higher... The only thing I could see is that when Hux, not Hux, when Snoke died and Kylo became Supreme Leader, he chose this new guy over Hux as, like, in that Mm, position. Yeah, because Hux and Kylo Ren didn't really get along either. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's like a vice president type deal. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, Back with the gang, they followed Luke's instructions and it brought them to this planet where there's this huge festival going on. And, okay, this movie, I feel like, is doing a lot better with the humor. I agree 100%. They kind of went with more of, like, the Han Solo humor. Yeah, it doesn't feel forced, this movie. At least most of the time it doesn't feel forced. Yeah. This scene specifically, they walk up and they're like, what's going on? And C-3PO just starts spewing out this, like, fact about the festival. It only happens once every 42 years. Yeah, And Poe kind of, like, turns around and looks back at him, like, what the heck? And everybody else follows Poe, and then C-3PO, like, turns around to see who's behind him, but no one's behind (laughs) him. (laughs) Yeah, Poe's like, oh, it's either Poe or Finn is like, oh, how lucky. And C-3PO goes, yes, lucky indeed. And so (laughs) Poe, like, turns, like, all annoyed at him, and everyone kind of follows suit. And then C-3PO's, like, confused and doesn't know what's happening, so he turns around. That kind of stuff I think is funny. The, like, hello, can you hear me? Hello? That stuff's not funny to me. (laughs) Yeah. The first time I went to, like, in theaters to see this movie, I thought it was strange when everyone was going to, like, board the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. I thought it was strange that C-3PO was going with them. But, oh boy, am I glad that they did. (laughs) C-3PO... I think quickly became one of my favorite characters in this trilogy. (laughs) Just because he was used as the humor aspect of the movie, but they did it in such a way that was like entertaining and not annoying. Yeah. It's not like he's trying to be funny. He's just trying to be a good assistant, but it's very, he's not good at picking like the right times to be a good assistant. Yeah. And everyone's annoyed by him and you just kind of have to feel bad for him. Yeah. Because this droid has been through. A lot in his lifetime since I think this is his third war he'll be like living through. Yeah, and I'm glad that they went with more of like the snarky, annoyed Han Solo type of humor, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I do feel like Poe's personality changed and they just tried to write him as Han Solo with a different name. And that was a little annoying. I felt like in the first two movies, Poe's personality was like, I am a good pilot, but I also have a mind of my own. Versus like, now he's a sketchy dude who decided to go good. Yeah, it definitely feels like his role and character was changed, debatably, for the better. I think I like this version of Pope more, mm-hmm. but it is weird that it wasn't like that from the beginning. Yeah, I feel like they could have given him a Han Solo vibe without giving him the exact same like personality. Or, like, even the exact same, like, backstory. (laughs) Right. But we'll get to his backstory or what he was doing before he was a pilot later. At this festival, Rey receives a necklace from a little girl. And she, like, immediately stands up and turns around. And it gets really dark. And she's having another, she's having another, like, mind moment with Kylo. And Kylo's telling her that, like, he knows who she is. And he can tell her who she is. And he ends up ripping the necklace off of her. And it somehow, like, goes from where she is on the planet to him on the ship. And then he hands it off to somebody. And that person analyzes it really fast and figures out where ray is i think it i don't think it was like super fast i think it just cut quickly because it i mean it was but also they would have 
Yeah, I guess it was just fast because because like she he takes it and she immediately like runs to Poe and Finn and she's like Kylo knows where I am. We need to leave. And then as they're trying to leave, a stormtrooper is like, "Hey, you're being hunted." And then Kylo and then it like flips over and Kylo the person hands the necklace back to Kylo and is like, "She's on this planet." So it was like a couple of minutes. Yeah, it definitely was not slow. Unless they have like someone on ship who just knows like, yeah, this is from this culture and that culture is on that planet. Yeah, I, I'm sure they like plugged it into a computer or something. But it felt really fast. Um, But when the stormtrooper stops the gang and is like, you're being hunted, he gets shot with an arrow. And guess who's there? In the eye. Him? Yeah, <laughs> in the eye. Uh, but this arrow is shot by... Lando! They gotta bring everybody back. So Lando rescues the gang and brings them into his ship and they are like, we're looking for this thingy. And he points them in a new direction towards someone else's ship whose name is like Ochi. Yeah, he's a uh, he's like a Sith assassin or something like that. Yeah. A something Sith hunter. Along those lines. Actually, wasn't he hunting no, I think wasn't he hunting Jedi and Lando and Luke were hunting him? It's all very confusing. He was some kind of hunter. <laughs> but Lando sends them off to his ship, which is like abandoned on this planet because it's supposed to help them on their journey. I don't remember how. I watched this movie this morning. It's fine. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but as they're heading off to go to Ochi's ship, um, the First Order starts chasing them. And stormtroopers can fly now. Oh, yeah. This scene, like this part, is back to that kind of humor that I didn't super care for in the movies. Yeah. Um, where it's like, they can fly now? It's like, yeah, the jetpacks have existed for a long time, buddy. Like, <laughs> the Mandalorians seen... used them. I've never seen it happen. So I was like... They can fly now, but I, yeah, I didn't need them saying it like three times. Yeah, as the like joke, it felt kind of weird. It it seems weird that Finn wouldn't already know that as having been a stormtrooper. Well, Finn and his time as a stormtrooper is very confusing. That's also <laughs> true. <laughs> Was he a janitor? Was he a soldier? We don't really know. <laughs> he was everything. Was he both? But anyway, so this this high speed chase progresses, and they split off with most of the people chasing after Ray, and one little speeder is chasing after Finn and Poe. Yes, and they think that they they think that they got rid of everybody, but as they meet back up, um, one more stormtrooper comes and blows both of them off of their little what are they speeders land skimmers. Something along those lines. They're basically the same thing, yeah. Blows them off of their vehicles and they land in what's basically quicksand. Yeah, so they land in this quicksand. They don't realize it's quicksand at first because it's not like they're not sinking in it. But then they they shoot this guy and he kind of flies around in loops as his jetpack is malfunctioning. And you hear him screaming and then he crashes into a cliff, which causes a huge explosion. Which, like, shakes the ground, and then the quicksand kind of starts sinking. So, this is one of the points in the movie where I would like to see expounded on. Because Finn looks at Ray and says, there's something I've, all, like, I've always wanted to tell you. And then he sinks below the quicksand. Just, like, gets sucked in. And it's brought up later. Like, it's... It's brought up it's, multiple times, but you never find out what he wants to say. Yeah, so after they sink into the sand, they end up in these, like, underground tunnels. Mm -hmm. And it's brought up down here, and Finn kind of says, oh, I'll, I'll tell you later. And Poe saltily is like, oh, you mean when I'm not here? And he's like, yes, <laughs> that, that is what I mean. <laughs> uh, that has been confirmed outside of the movies as Finn was going to tell Ray that he is force sensitive. Oh, see, I was like, he's going to tell her that he loved her and that that's why he didn't want to say it in front of Poe. Yeah, I don't really understand why he doesn't want to tell Poe. Yeah, aren't they like good friends? 
they're, they're close in some way. But I'm glad that at least it's been confirmed that he's force sensitive because this the whole movie I was like, they keep hinting at him like being able to feel things. Yeah, so it was confirmed. It was confirmed that he is force sensitive. So I would love to see a show where Ray is training alongside Finn. Yeah, it would make sense that if you found out another person was force sensitive, you would like want them to become a Jedi because you've got to rebuild. Yeah, so I would love to see. I would. Yeah, I would love to see. A show where it's centered around Rey and Finn working together to rebuild the Jedi Order. A better one. Not one like Yoda ran. Oh boy. (laughs) Anyways, Finn doesn't want to share this information around Poe. They keep wandering through um, these underground caves and they find Ochi's stuff. He's got like a ship down there. He's been hiding down there, but they also find his bones. So he's dead. And then they find within his stuff, he f- they find this dagger that C-3PO can read, but because it's in a Sith language, he can't tell them what it says. Yeah, he's programmed to be incapable of reading it aloud. Um, which is interesting that C-3PO was made by a Sith. and So C-3PO wasn't made by a Sith. He was programmed to understand their language. But he was made by Anakin. Or he was programmed yeah. or updated by Anakin, who was a Sith. I just think it's interesting that like he can't tell their secrets. He's kind of like a Sith buddy. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know why it sounds interesting to me, but it does sound interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. Um, But they take this dagger. Chewie puts it in his bag. I don't know how they find this, like, snake. Okay, this movie, I felt like, had some Harry Potter aspects for to it. Like, Palpatine being brought back by his followers reminded me of Voldemort. This snake that... Ray gives some life to reminded me of the basilisk in Sorcerer's Stone. I was just getting a lot of Harry Potter vibes. But they find the snake. Ray gives some of force life or whatever to it, and it like decides to be friends with her and leaves. And then there's a hole in the wall that they can get out from. Yeah, um kind of going back real quick. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have issues with this. A force power, kind of myself included, because it breaks a lot of the sacrifice that we see. It just breaks a lot of like things that happen in the previous movies. Obi Wan could have healed Qui Gon. Exactly, Obi Wan could have healed Qui Gon. Oh, my heart. Um, when people like people just get like injured a lot in these movies, right? Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. We're watching a movie about wars. Yeah, but. If you can use the force to heal someone, why didn't why why was this not widespread knowledge that was shared amongst the Jedi, right? Yeah. Or like so, why aren't there Jedi solely dedicated to healing people? Exactly. So it's kind of problematic and a lot of people were upset about it. I think it's problematic but also not enough to be upset about it i think that when you're in a third series of movies if you introduce something new like that you need to make sure that it makes sense for why other people aren't doing it like maybe it's you have to be a super strong jedi or maybe it's very rare that a jedi can actually heal someone or yeah or there needed to be a scene where it's lost knowledge and Ray finds hidden texts that were from a Jedi from a long time ago that this this power was forgotten and it came like she learns it that way and it comes back that way. But yeah. when it's not explained, it causes It doesn't make sense issues. So this reminds me of an author that I really enjoy that my cousin introduced me to, but Christopher and... Jason. Yes, uh, and Jason and other people I know enjoy. Uh, His name is Brandon Sanderson. He has this thing that is 
um, like he basically has his laws of magic mm-hmm. and I'm summarizing this super shortly. I don't want to get into it super deep, but basically it's that your magic in something that you are writing needs rules mm-hmm. and that you can't just add things because if it makes your magic system a lot less enjoyable, if you can just be like, oh, this thing happens because magic. Mm-hmm. That's one thing in Star Wars that um, I have noticed as I've gotten older is that they will just kind of throw things. It's explained as, oh, they do it because of the force. Yeah. But it's never explained and there's no concrete rules. And so anything is possible, which makes it less enjoyable yeah it makes it harder for like a story to be believable obviously magic isn't real but or the force isn't real but if there's not reasonings behind stuff and it's just like we can do whatever we want then it's like well then why don't this like why did this person die why don't the superheroes just defeat the villain yeah exactly like now at this point whenever anything star wars comes out i could be like well anything that i know in the past is not necessarily true anymore because they can just change how it works because it's convenient for them. Yeah. That's my, that's my little tangent. (laughs) I would definitely recommend uh, to the listeners looking into uh, Brandon Sanderson's uh, stuff, his, his laws about magic. It's an interesting read. Uh, It's been a little while since I read it. So I did not do a great job of explaining it. But whenever I talk about like my books or something, Christopher's always like, but how does magic work? (laughs) And I have to like defend myself. (laughs) Yeah, I I have been spoiled by uh, Sanderson's stuff because things have rules and they make sense because of the rules. Mm -hmm. And then when you encounter a magic system that does not have rules, it's a little less enjoyable well it's like you can't write a character that like is invincible how is anything supposed to happen exactly if you have somebody who's just like has unlimited magic and can just do anything they want with that magic how is anybody supposed to have any sort of conflict with them your characters have to have limits and they have to have weaknesses exactly be a good character so if you're just like willy-nilly throwing things around and anything can happen then your character is not relatable exactly it's not a good character people have people have flaws our our characters in our media should also have flaws or else they will not be relatable but anyways (laughs) if you needed tips on how to write characters from two people that aren't authors yay (laughs) so anyways our heroes are in this cave. The snake kind of leaves and they exit and they're running to the ship of the person, the, the Sith assassin guy, Ochi, because as some as C-3PO points out, he says, well, why don't we go to the Millennium Falcon? And someone says, well, they'll be waiting for us there. We can't go back to the Falcon, which seems like. It seems super weird to me. Like, I understand that they can't go to the Falcon. But I remember watching this and thinking, there's no way that Chewie abandons the Falcon. Yeah, no. Or Rey. Both of them. They're not just going to, like, leave it on some random planet to be taken by the First Order. Exactly. Which is what happens. But, alas, it seemed strange. Yeah. But Poe and Finn get on this random ship. Chewie ends up getting captured by the First Order. And Rey is just wandering in the desert because she can feel that Kylo is around. I do remember this scene from like commercials or like ads about the movie. So Rey's Uh kind of like being drawn towards Kylo. You can't really see him yet. You just see her out in this desert. But then eventually you see Kylo's little spaceship thing is flying at her and as he gets closer she starts running away but then she turns and like does this backflip pulls out her lightsaber and chops off one of his wings and he goes spiraling which i thought was kind of cool yeah it's definitely a fun scene uh the slow-mo effect was cool 
it might be a little unrealistic, but it feels it feels like something that like kind of going back on the, the whole magic thing we were talking about. It mm-hmm. feels like something we would see in the other movies. I feel like it's something we would have seen in like the prequels. Yeah, I could definitely see Anakin being like, oh, the ship is flying towards me. Let me do a backflip and <laughs> slice it and yeah, <laughs> I'll be super cool and dramatic. Yeah, like and Obi-Wan's very... on the side like, why did you do that? <laughs> why is this happening? <laughs> it would be something that Obi-Wan brings up later. He's like, yeah, well, remember that time you almost got hit? <laughs> and you did a backflip and he's like, yeah, well, that was totally planned and on purpose. <laughs> so yeah, Kylo goes spiraling and crashes into the ground and uh, everyone gets Ray's attention because Ray's been in this kind of like trance almost. Mm-hmm. Ever since Kylo started flying towards her. But Finn yells that they have Chewie. And Rey proceeds to grab the ship with the force that is trying to get away. This was another moment that I was like, Rey has to be pretty strong, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a whole cargo ship that she just froze in the sky and luke could like barely bring his x-wing out of the water i feel like she's just starting to learn how to be a jedi so she's at that same level that like luke was in uh what was the second movie empire strikes back at that point luke couldn't lift he could barely lift his x-wing out and she's out here just like not only pausing a cargo ship in the sky but then also fighting against another already trained Sith for it. Yeah. Um, But just like the lightsaber that they did in the last movie, this ship also breaks apart and explodes and she believes Chewie is on it. So she's like upset, thinks that she killed Chewie. Not, oh, she, while they're doing the tug of war, she shoots lightning out of her hand. That's what happens. And then it blows up. Yeah, this caught a lot of people off guard. When she shot lightning and they were like, uh, Jedi do not shoot lightning. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, also, like, audience-wise, I don't think very many people were expecting Rey to shoot lightning. Yeah, well, I was like, I, so when I was first watching this, I was working on a Christmas present, and I saw it happen, and I, like, paused, and I was like, did they just kill Chewie? Are they just killing off all the original people? I was a little upset. (laughs) (laughs) that that's fair (laughs) wow the sequel movies made me feel an another an emotion other than annoyed wow oh boy (laughs) but so poe is like we gotta go we can't worry about this right now we gotta go and so they get on the ship and they get away and now ray is kind of questioning like if she's good she had a vision that her and kylo were on the sith throne and now she's shooting lightning so she's like questioning herself but we as the audience find out that there was a second transport and Chewie was on it and now he is a prisoner of the first order Um, but the characters don't quite know that yet that's called dramatic irony anyways (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) since we're you know given tips might as well teach people (laughs) I mean it is your degree so Yeah, it is a thing I do talk about. It's not really my degree, but it is a thing I have to talk about a lot (laughs) because of my degree. Um, But Chewie has the dagger. So now the First Order has the dagger. Does the First Order realize what he has? I don't don't know. The stormtrooper that kind of grabs it when he's getting loaded on the transport looks very confused at why Chewie has a knife. But I don't know. I assume the stormtroopers can't read Sith, so it's not like they're going to look at that and be like, why do you have a Sith dagger? Yeah, I'm not sure. With the gang, they're kind of um, talking about like, well, Chewie had the dagger. Now what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to find um, Exegol? A couple of them are at the point where they're like, we should give up. We've lost. Game yeah. over. The end. But C-3PO is just, you know, as he does, he's casually like, what a bummer. Now it only lives in my memory. And they're like, what? Excuse us? Everyone's very confused. They're like, wait a second. What do you mean it's inside your memory? He's like, oh yeah, I. it's there. I just can't tell you it. And Poe po says that he knows somebody who can do it. It's going to be dangerous. And the people in the area do not like him. 
Because again, he is suddenly a sketchy guy and has a sketchy past. Yeah, I do appreciate that during all of this, Finn is very much like, why do you know how to do that? What's happening? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> He's like all the audience members. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's very much like, who are you? What is happening? Why do you know how to hotwire stuff? <laughs> you are not the person that I thought you were. So they head off to this planet. I don't remember what it's called. They say it a bunch of times. I don't remember what it's called. Um, but they head off to this planet. And as they're running around trying to find the person that can, that Poe wants to ask for help from, they run into somebody who does not like Poe. And this person's name is Zori. And she reveals to the gang that he used to smuggle spice, just like someone else we used to know. And also had a gang of people after him because of his spice smuggling days. What a weird coincidence. Yoda, right? <laughs> yeah, Yoda would be smuggling spice on the side. <laughs> him and his Sith. His uh, <laughs> secret Sith plans. Oh no. <laughs> He's out here telling Anakin not to love people as he like hands somebody some spice under the table. Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> Slowly slides Anakin drugs across the table. <laughs> yeah. Don't love anyone, Anakin. Here you go. <laughs> this will help you. Anyways. <laughs> Ray, as like, as this person is getting, as Zori's getting ready to blast Poe, Ray just like whips out a stick or something and starts beating everybody up. And Poe and Finn are kind of like, what's going on? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's the same stick that she's had for like the whole move like the whole trilogy that's true she's had it since the beginning yeah she just kind of starts kicking people's butts yeah she takes out zuri and zuri's kind of like wow i like you now i will help you because you are a tough girl yeah she's laying on the ground she has a gun pointed up at ray ray ignites her lightsaber it's like pointing it directly in her eyeballs which has to be the most blinding thing ever. Yeah, imagine if somebody had a welding torch and just, like, held that two inches from your face. Like, that's what I imagine it would be like. Yeah, and so Zuri says, you know, you probably don't care, but you're not that bad. And Ray tells her, no, I, I actually do care. Thanks, buddy. For some reason she cares about her opinion, but... Because she was just questioning if she was good, and somebody just told her that she was. <laughs> you know, that's that's fair. That's valid. Some random stranger was just like, hey, you're good. And she was like, cool. Thanks for the confirmation. Thanks. I needed that. So Zori takes the gang to a little, like a two-inch tall creature named Babu. I love him, by the way. <laughs> He tells them that he can take the memory from C-3PO, but C-3PO's memory is going to go black and he's not going to remember anything. And C-3PO isn't really excited about this, but he does the calculations and he realizes that if he doesn't, then there's no chance of them winning. This scene honestly was kind of sad. He like looks at all of them and says, I'm taking like everyone asks him, he's like, what are you, what are you doing? He says, I'm taking one last look at my friends. And it's mm -hmm. very, like, it kind of hit me. I was like, that is sad. I mean, I think it's written this way, but I think that all the other characters are, like, C-3PO's annoying, an annoying assistant. And C-3PO's like, these are my best friends. These are the people that I love and would die for. And he doesn't really express that in any way. So, like, the moment that he's like, I'm just going to take this moment to love you guys. Everybody's like, oh, C-3PO has feelings? Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should have been kinder to him. But Babu, I think that's how you say it. Babu takes his memories. And like right before Babu's about to do it, C-3PO's is like, wait, wait a second, I, I have, have another idea. idea. <laughs> and then like he shorts and he becomes evil C-3PO for like a hot second. With red eyeballs. With red eyes. And he's got like this scary voice. Uh, but he tells them that the Wayfinder is in the Endor system and on an Imperial ship. Just as outside, we see that Kylo's destroyer shows up. And Rey can feel that Chewie is on the ship. And he's alive! Whoa, he's alive! So this now the characters know that he's alive. And they're like, how? Woo! <laughs> um, as they're running out, because they decided they're going to go... Um, break Chewie out and get the dagger back. Zori gives Poe a, 
like a first order captain's pin and with this pin he can he could just get on anywhere he'll just be immediately accepted so um they get onto the destroyer and they just start taking people out and blindly running through the ship because they have no idea where Chewie actually is uh, while they're like running through the halls of the ship, they start taking out the cameras, which I think is a bad idea because unless you can take out the cameras all at once, you're still telling them where you're going. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they definitely can look and be like, oh, this camera is gone. They're in this section. Yeah. Whereas if all of the cameras are alive, they have to look for you in each of those cameras. Yeah. You're kind of like checking off boxes for them they split up at some point i don't remember what's going on there but uh ray ends up in like this white room where darth vader's helmet is and also Chewie's like belt and dagger are at and poe and finn go and find Chewie. yeah so they split up because ray tells them that she's gonna go find the stuff she can feel the dagger on the ship Okay. And they need to go save Chewie. And Finn tries to stop her. And Poe is like, man, we don't have time for this. Let's just let's just do it. Let's go. <laughs> we don't have time for your need to be with Ray. So. <laughs> Oof. Why don't you just tell me what you were going to tell her and I'll tell her. <laughs> That's Poe for you. Yeah, so they... They get to Chewie, and they're running, again, blindly through the ship. They're just shooting things. People are getting blasted. Yeah, I feel like every time anybody else in any other movie has gone and snuck onto a ship, they've tried to, like, stay secret. They, like, got suits or something, or, like, snuck around instead of just, like, wreaking havoc. But it's okay. It's fine. But foe, foe, why do I keep calling them foe? It's their couple name. Poe and Finn and Chewie get captured by stormtroopers. And they're taken to this like brig area where they're lined up and they're about to get like executed. But Hux shows up and he's like, I'm going to do this. And so he takes one of the guns from the stormtroopers. But instead of shooting... Poe, Finn, and Chewie, he shoots the three stormtroopers. And then he turns around and he's like, I'm the spy. So if you didn't listen to last episode, I called it. I knew that Hux was going to turn. It didn't take as much convincing as I thought it would, but I called it. You did it. Yay. But he's doing it not because he wants to help the resistance, but because he doesn't like Kylo Ren. So he's... Yeah, he just wants Kylo Ren to be destroyed. Yeah, it's kind of unclear if he actually wants the First Order to lose or if it's just that he doesn't like Kylo. As he's helping them escape, he's like, shoot me in the arm. And then Finn shoots him in the leg and runs away. So Kylo got off of his ship and he's running around the village that they were originally in and he's looking for Rey. Um, they can't find her. And then there's another mind melding moment when Rey picks up the dagger and she's talking with Kylo. This, like this scene or this thing that keeps happening doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't hate it. I think it's cool that they like can interact with each other no matter where they're at in the world, in in the world, the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Like in this scene, they start fighting and she slashes a basket that is full of, like, berries or something next to Kylo. Yeah. And now there's berries all over the floor next to her. And it doesn't make sense at all. But I, it doesn't bother me. I do feel, like, I enjoy it. And it's, as I've said before, it's something that happens frequently. Like, some kind of connection in the books that I read. I do uh, feel like it doesn't affect ray as much as it should like imagine if your worst enemy had 24 7 access to you yeah and could just find you anywhere like that doesn't cause you stress at all or like having to also feel his emotions about his past that doesn't cause you any kind of stress (laughs) just like everyday Uh, stress no absolutely so i think it it should have had a bigger impact on ray than it did i agree 
But so they're fighting and Kylo's telling her that he knows who she actually is and that he'll he'll tell her, but he's going to tell her in person. Um, And he also tells her, he reveals that Palpatine was looking for her as a child and that he killed her parents. Um, So Kylo's trying to like figure out where Rey is while they're fighting and she ends up slashing the pedestal that Darth Vader's helmet is on. And so that falls to the ground and like the berries, it shows up where Kylo is. And so he's like, oh, I know where you are. I'll be right there. Give me two seconds. And then he immediately breaks the connection. Rey never breaks the connection, does she? It doesn't seem like she does. It seems like she wants to interact with him at all times. Yeah. Um, but so she she starts running to go join up with the gang. Kylo's on his way. As she makes it into where they originally landed the ship, Kylo shows up and he tells Rey that she's... Dun dun dun! A Palpatine. What? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it's... did not see that coming. <laughs> I think it caught a lot of people off guard. I was convinced she was a Skywalker, like an actual Skywalker. And also, let's discuss this. Who, who in their right mind is out there getting in bed with Palpatine? Like, <laughs> who is this woman? Was she forced into like an arranged marriage? Were these children by choice? Is there an evil Mrs. Palpatine out there? <laughs> and what were these children's lives like? I need to know about this family. <laughs> it does open a lot of questions. Do you think had... Palpatine was a good father? Or do you think he was an absent father? Or do you think he was a mean father? <laughs> These yeah, are now the questions I have. Questions. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda will be constantly plagued with the thought of Palpatine having a family. You want a story about Rey and Finn becoming Jedis, and I want the backstory of the Palpatine family. Oh no. Do you think Palpatine's son was jealous of Anakin because of how much attention Anakin got from Palpatine? I have no idea, Miranda. The, well, the other thing, we see Rey's parents, they don't look that old. No. Whereas, like, Anakin was well into his adult years. So does that mean that Palpatine of... had kids when he was older? I don't know. Do you think that during, like, um, the prequel movies, there was Mrs. Palpatine out there somewhere, like, tending to a five-year-old while Palpatine was trying to run an empire? And then what do you think she thought when he came home after being de-skinned? And she's like, what did you do at work today? And he's like, you know. Overthrew a government? (laughs) She's like, here's your son. He's like, I already have one. His name's Anakin. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> um, after this big reveal, this shocking reveal, I guess, was it the Millennium Falcon? Yeah. Did they get the Millennium Falcon back somehow? I guess it was yeah. probably on the ship. Yeah, Hux took them to it. Oh yeah, I remember now. Uh, Ray flings herself out into space, doesn't explode, gets caught by Finn, brought, back, brought onto the Millennium Falcon, and they fly off to space. And that is the halfway point and where we're ending today. The end. The end. Is there anything else in the beginning of this movie that you would like to address? No, I don't think so. I think that my favorite character in this movie is C-3PO. <laughs> I agree 100% actually. Um, C-3PO was the comedic relief that I want mm-hmm. that didn't feel like it was being shoved down my throat. Like none of it felt forced. Yeah. It felt like him just living his life, but he doesn't really understand how to interact with people versus like, I'm trying to make you laugh. So, and I don't know if you remember, but I didn't like C-3PO in the first movies. I found him annoying. So he's he's grown on me. Yeah, I think think C-3PO is definitely my favorite character in at least this movie. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the whole trilogy. I'll yeah. be honest, I don't know where people stand with Kylo Ren and Adam Driver, but I feel like Adam Driver, as an actor, carried this whole uh, trilogy on his back. I thought he did an excellent job. I learned an interesting fact about the last movie recently. Oh, 
Interesting. The scene where Kylo Ren is taking Rey to Snoke and they're in the elevator mm-hmm. and she's like telling him that she believes yeah. he's still good. Adam Driver talked to like the writers or the director or something and he was like, I really feel like Kylo Ren would kiss Rey right now. And they kind of thought about it for a bit, but then they were like, no, we're going to save that. Like, that's not going to happen. So the person who was talking about it, it was a TikTok that I was watching. Um, she shows the scene again and she's like, so instead of actually kissing her, he like plays it with his eyes. And after I watched it, like after she explained that and I watched the scene again, I was like, oh, I totally see it. <laughs> Interesting. You're just like, you look at him and you're like, oh, you want to kiss her. <laughs> Interesting. So, that's a fun fact for the last movie. Huh. Um, I I will be honest as much as I do not like the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. I love this movie. I know it's not good. <laughs> I don't know why. I know that it's not great, right? Like, yeah, it breaks a lot of stuff that happened previously, like we talked about already. And a lot of it is just like bad. Yeah. But I can't bring myself to hate this movie or even dislike it. Yeah, the other movies, I was just like, what is happening? Why? Like, why is this a thing? This movie, I at least enjoyed watching. And there were times where I genuinely like laughed or genuinely was shocked by things or I had yeah, genuine emotions. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But yeah, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but it's my favorite out of this, out of the sequels. Yeah, out of the sequels, it's my favorite. And again, I think if you take away Star Wars from this movie, Mm -hmm. I think it would have been something that people enjoyed a lot more. Yeah. Okay. Who we we have already touched on favorite characters. Uh, Mm -hmm. Who is your least favorite character? This one's hard for me. Yeah. I feel like I don't have anybody that I was just like, please get out of this movie. Please don't be here. But the only person that I was kind of like, why the heck? Are you being like this is Poe. Mm-hmm. I was like, why are you just suddenly Han Solo? What happened yeah, to your personality? For, in in that regard, I don't like Poe as much. Like now that you've brought it up. Mm-hmm. But like I thought Poe, like I liked Poe in this movie, right? Yeah. And I think that might be because I like Han Solo so much. And yeah. he does kind of mimic Han Solo. But As far as, like, a least favorite character, it's kind of... There's not really anyone that I was like, man, I don't... I don't care for you. Yeah, or, like, anytime they were on the screen, you're like, okay, let's skip over this scene. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't... Like, I can zone out for now. You're... You're talking. Yeah. So, is this the first movie that we've not really had someone that we're like, uh, gross? Maybe. I don't remember. I'm gonna say yes. But we're just kind of neutral about everything. Yeah, we either like or are neutral on the things that are happening, right? Yeah. Well, and I think the past couple of movies, I mean, I'm not really a fan of Rose. And I think it's just because of the way she's written and like the way they use her. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a purpose outside of what's convenient for the writers. Yeah. So outside of Rose, like all of these sequel movies, I mean, no, I lie. Kylo really annoyed me in the, like, first movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like he's calmed down in this movie. Right. I I would agree with that. So he's much more enjoyable as a villain. I feel like Kylo isn't so much a villain as just, like, a confused child with a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion on Kylo Ren. <laughs> oh, I really, I really did not like them just calling him Ren. I don't know why. That irked me, though. Huh. I would rather them call him Kylo than Ren. I feel like the Ren is like, they're like, oh, Ray and Ren. Anyways, yeah. that was just a small little thing that I was like, please stop calling him Ren. Please Kylo stop. Kylo or Ben. <laughs> well. Happy holidays to everybody. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for everyone that's listening. Thank you for a whole year. And we'll see you next year. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So thank you for listening. Like like I said, thank you. We, we appreciate you guys so much. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you like to help support the podcast, uh, please share it with your friends and family. Maybe over the holidays, if you know you guys end up talking Star Wars, you can bring us up and kind of share with your friends and family. Or if you need to get away from your friends and family and you just need some time alone, go sit in a corner and listen to us. Listen to our podcast. 
Yeah. Uh, you could also share us on social media or you can leave a rating and review. If you don't know where to leave us a review, you could go to lovethepodcast.com slash Jedi Masterclass, and it will tell you where you can access places to leave a review. And then to catch up on the latest from Miranda and I, you can follow us on Instagram at Jedi Masterclass Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at Jedi Class Pod. Or email us directly at jedimasterclass at gmail.com. And then our TikTok is jedimasterclasspod. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you. Jedi Masterclass was created and hosted by Ben Renlisbacher and Miranda Bailey, edited and produced by Miranda Bailey, and music by Augusto Diniz.